You're listening to Comedy Central. My guest tonight is a best-selling author whose new book is called Hunger, A Memoir of My Body. Please welcome Roxanne Gay. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, I know you from your writings. I know you from your columns. Many people know you from topics that range from feminism to politics to social commentary. But this book is something different. This book is a memoir... Yes. ...that takes us through your life in a way that I don't think anybody would expect. It takes us through your life through the prism of eating and through the prism of being a fat person living in the world. Yes. Why did you choose to write it in this way? Because I didn't want to write it at all. But um, as I was thinking of what I wanted my next nonfiction project to be, I wanted to tell the story of my body because when you're fat in the world, people, people have assumptions about who you are and why you're fat and they think you're stupid. Like yesterday someone emailed me, do you know that exercise is required to lose weight? No. <laughs> Never occurred to me. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think it's important to show like what it's actually like to live in this world in right. a fat body. It's, it's, a, it's a journey that you take us on and um, there's a part of the book that really caught me where you talk about the underlying story of being mm. fat that many people have that no one knows about. Yes. You know, uh, you talk in the book about Oprah and her journey, and then what's really heart-wrenching is the story that you tell in the book, and that is you were gang-raped at 12 years old. Yes, I was. And that led to a journey of hating yourself, hating your body. How did that come to be? How does, how does your world... Collapse. I know you write about it in the book, but I mean, how does that happen? I, you know, when I was 12, it, this thing happened and it was so unexpected and I was a good Catholic girl and so I didn't even know, like, what sex was. I mean, I knew the technicalities, but I did not know what rape was. Right. I certainly didn't know that you could be with more than one person. And so my world was shattered in the aftermath and I just thought, I want to be stronger. I want to be bigger. And so I thought, if I eat a lot, uh, those boys won't do this again because I'll be able to fight them next time. Right. And they won't want to do this because I'll be fat and boys don't like fat girls. And so, in many ways, it was a deliberate choice. And of course, looking back, I'm like, girl, talk to mom and dad. But, you know, 12-year-olds <laughs> with secrets hold on to them very and that, tightly. And that was something you didn't do. You didn't talk to mom and dad. Why? No. I was really scared because I believed everything that we learned in church about premarital sex being a sin, and I was absolutely certain that I was going to hell. And then those boys went to school the following day and told everyone a different story, that I wanted it, and so everyone started calling me a slut, and I just knew nobody would believe me because uh -huh. it was going to be my word against these guys. When you tell the story of how that changed your life and how that became a part of who you are today, you, you talk a lot about the consequences of living in a world that sees fat a certain way. Mm -hmm. Now, I won't deny, as a comedian and as a person, I've made a ton of fat jokes yep. in my life. Absolutely. You know? And there was a time when fat was seen as a novelty, as a choice. Mm -hmm. America's now gotten to a place where people are realizing it's an epidemic. They're realize, realizing that there are effects. Yes. What are some of the effects that you've dealt with living in your body? Well, you know, there are a lot of things that you encounter. Like at the grocery store, people make commentary on what they see in your cart. They'll take food out of your cart. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
realness and uh, they send you unsolicited advice. I'm a writer and I do events and I've had people come up to the signing line and offer me nutritional advice. I'm sorry, it's just insane. Um, <clears throat> you know, the world doesn't fit, often, you don't fit in the world oftentimes. Yeah. I write in the book that the bigger you become, the smaller your world gets because, you know, you can't necessarily fit in theater seats. And airplane travel is such a pain because those seats are not roomy for anyone. And so you either have to buy two tickets, and then the airline is like, why did you buy two tickets? Or you buy one ticket and you encroach on someone else's space, and they're right. like, why didn't you buy two tickets? And so no matter what you do, you can't fit. And the world is not really interested in creating a space for you to fit. People just judge you and they say, you know, you're going to die nine years younger, which, why do you care? And then they, you know, they think you're draining the healthcare system as they smoke a cigarette. And so it's just a constant sense that you don't belong and people feel no compunction about being cruel about it. It's, it's interesting that you tell the stories in the way you do because many people will write a book as a, a story of triumph, as a story of like, and this is how you know, the ending was happy and this yeah. is how I overcame. This is an honest journey that takes us through it. You don't want us to feel sorry for you, but you want us to know the reality of the world that you live in. Was there a part of you that didn't want to write it because of that? Yeah, definitely, because generally when people write about weight, there's like a woman standing in half of her fat pants on the cover and she's smiling like, look what I've done. <laughs> and I couldn't write that book. <laughs> so I was like, I couldn't stand in my fat pants <laughs> and it'll just be that. Right. Uh, and people, you know, they want a triumphant narrative. They want to believe that you have solved the problem of your body. Um, but my body is not a problem and it certainly isn't something I've solved yet. I'm still just trying to figure out how do I have now that I'm as fixed as I'm ever going to be a normal relationship to food and eating? And how do I write my story in a way, it's not about self-pity, it's just this is my story instead of whatever it is that you're going to project onto me. Mm -hmm. So I was really nervous because there isn't that triumphant ending like, ta-da! It's, uh, it's, it's a work in progress. Yes, it's very much a work in progress. If you could go back and talk to that 12-year-old girl, yes. if Roxanne could travel back in time in the book, mm -hmm. what would you say to her? Oh my God, I would just tell her, talk to your parents, trust them to help you. If I had opened up at any point, either then or later on in high school, I think my life would have taken a far different turn. I don't know that it would have been like insignificantly better, uh -huh. but I know that I would not have turned to the coping mechanisms I did because they would have helped me get the kind of help you're supposed to get when you endure this kind of a trauma. It's interesting that the, the book is called Hunger because when you open it and when you start, you think that it's a book only about food, mm -hmm. but the hunger seems to transcend more than just the physical. Absolutely. It feels like it's a craving for more than just what is on a plate mm -hmm. and what is served in a restaurant. And uh, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's an amazing story and I, I can only thank you for sharing it with oh, us. Thank you so much, Thank Trevor. you for being here, Roxanne. Hunger will be available June 13th. Roxanne Gay, everybody. Thank you so much. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.